Alrighty. Good evening, everyone. Guru and the Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm fresh off of a very long drive. Got to listen to a little uh, NFL radio on the way home from uh, taking my daughter to college. So, all very interesting. And now it's time to focus on those drafts, which are, for me, a couple of days away. Wiz, you've done one already. How are you this evening? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, I had a draft uh, over the weekend, and uh, I think we'll get into that about drafting early, some things that have taken place already. Uh, uh, but otherwise, uh, otherwise, you're doing okay. And just before we you know, come on tonight, uh, some really, really sad news. Uh, the greatest Met of all time, uh, Tom Seaver, has passed away. And uh, that's a difficult thing. I mean, uh, especially, you know, if you're a beloved Met fan, just remember him in his in his prime. And uh, you have such pride. You know, it wasn't really much to root for with the Mets, but every time uh, Tom Terrific Seaver took them out, it was, it was something special. And uh, it's kind of a sad day. Yeah, he was, he was certainly, yeah, obviously a Hall of Famer. Uh, I would say the one player in the history of professional sports that I've been since I've been following professional sports that I actually would consider a boyhood idol. I had the the posters on the wall and the forty one t shirts and stuff. It was uh, it was it was tough news to hear. I know a few months ago we had we had heard he was battling dementia and uh, you know he was also very eloquent as a as an announcer. Uh, and and it, it was a very sad day. I remember in nineteen what was it seventy five the seventy six seventy six I think it was when they traded Tom Seaver for Steve Henderson, Dan Norman, Doug Flynn, and Pat Zachary. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I got to say, you know, even though <clears throat> even though you know you rooted for him when he went to the White Sox, and the fact that he did it against the Yankees was. I guess even a little sweeter, uh, but it was tough to watch Steve win his 300th game not in a Mets uniform. That was always, that was always something like, eh, I wish, uh, I wish uh, he was wearing a Mets uniform for that. But you know what's interesting, yeah, Wiz? Do you know he was actually on, if I'm not mistaken, when the Mets played the Red Sox in the World Series in 1986. I believe he started that season as a Red Sox actually, and was on that. Did he really? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But, wow. but I, but I don't think he had him. Yeah, he was not on the postseason roster, but he did. He definitely pitched for the Red Sox in 1986, which is kind of yeah, wild stuff. But uh, yeah, we um, you know Wiz and I are both big Met fans, and um, it, it is a sad day in Met history. So uh, we can go on all day about talking about Met history and Tom Seaver. That's for sure. But uh, I, I'm glad you paid tribute there. Very 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 well thought. Yeah, and I guess we'll, we'll move on to. Uh move on to uh, fantasy football and uh, this weekend is the is the big weekend for just about all fantasy football players this is when I don't know I would probably guess 80 to 90 percent of the drafts take place now I did take play I did participate in a draft last weekend and I'm sure there is a percentage of drafts that took place last weekend and man what a burn if you drafted Leonard Fournette because you're not just talking about a guy who you know, in drafts is being taken the seventh round or ninth round or whatever. I mean, he's definitely a, you know, a second, third round pick. And to him to be released 
I mean, you kind of get your draft off on the wrong foot. And uh, I think there's more bad news to come. You know, not only don't you have Leonard Fournette getting the, the lion's share, the full workload on the Jags, but now he may go to another team, and he's going to go to another team. It's just a matter of when. And the so-called starting running back or the guy who's atop the depth chart on that team may end up in a, in a split carry. So you draft Fournette, you're, you're already starting things off on the wrong foot, and if he lands in a certain spot, the Bears, Tampa Bay, New England, you could have drafted like some of those running backs, and then now that's going to be a double whammy because those guys are going to be in a timeshare as well. So very, very tricky drafting uh, in advance, and it was, you know, an, uh, I guess in a way an unusual move, but not really. We touched on it like something wasn't quite right there before the draft. He couldn't get a seventh round pick. Yeah. And now nobody is willing to pay four million dollars for uh, for a twenty five year old running back who put up good numbers. It's just something that's behind all of this that. I'm not quite sure, you know, if we'll ever know or we will know or we'll know some of it, but I don't know. Do you think there's something, there's some part of this story that's not out yet about this one Fournette situation? Yeah, I just think, you know, there's there's been some battles with management here. Uh, I think there's still an ongoing battle about from that uh, suspension because he was suspended back in 2018. He's fighting for some of that money right now. Um, as you mentioned, yeah, they were talking about trading him pre-draft. It's... Um, yeah, it's very unusual stuff, and, you know, he surprised the hell out of me last year. I, I, I was a naysayer on the player, and actually I mentioned the last time we spoke that I had noticed in the ESPN mock drafts how far he had fallen in price compared to the other running backs. So, someone knew something there. Um, hey, boy, you, you, <laughs> so last year you had yeah. a player. This year you announced that after hearing Chris Thompson say that yep. he was the hardest working guy, you were high on him. Well, well hold on a second. I, I said he might be an interesting guy. High on him is one thing, but an interesting. I didn't have to go to the tape on that one, but you were, you heard. Yeah, I thought he was an interesting. And you were, you were, you were said well definitely last year you didn't like the player but this year I think you were maybe high on him is uh, right you know not not as strong as that but you you had him on your uh, you I know, thought he would outperform I thought he would outperform his, his where he was kind of ranked that's what I thought yeah, yeah you had him in one of them yeah your move up uh, thing so we'll, we'll have to see do you have any um, you know guesses I mean the logical spots to me you know are the Bears. Tampa Bay, maybe, even though I thought if Tampa Bay was going to do something, it would have been before the draft, but now I just think it's about money. So, I don't know, Tampa Bay, the Bears, um, I guess the Patriots always are interested in these running backs to become available, and they could get them for kind of a cheap price. you got kind of a, a guess at this point where, uh, where Fournette lands. The Patriots seems a little crowded there. You know, just four guys there right now. They've been talking up Damian Harris most of the preseason, so... I'm not sure that's the right spot. The Bears seem the most logical um, in terms of a fit, especially given the David Montgomery injury as well on top of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say that's, that makes the most sense. Tampa Bay, I'm not a Ronald Jones guy, but, you know, again, they already signed McCoy in the offseason. It's a, it's a tricky one. I'm, I'm just shocked that nobody, you know, they weren't able to get anything for the player. You know, this is a guy that was drafted in the top five. Now, granted, statistically – he has not been, you know, a great player, but last year he surprised everyone, so there's a little bit more enthusiasm around the player this year. So this is a very interesting decision. Two things, right? Number one, 
he, they couldn't get uh, like his uh, seventh round pick from, and now he completely cleared waivers, meaning that no one was willing to pick up his salary. That's right. Million, so that's also I, I just think you whatever. When I when I see you know somebody close to the team saying that his teammates were sick of him. I don't know. It leads me to believe that there is just something, something there. I'm not sure what it is or whatever, but there's going to be some opportunities in the Jacksonville backfield. Um, you know, Chris Thompson, uh, they they signed, and he was going to be, uh, I guess it's you know at, at at the start just a third down back, but he may be more prominent in that offense. I mean, some of those other guys they have there are kind of unknowns. I mean, I guess we could just talk about the Jags' backfield real quick. Is that a situation you're going to stay away from, or you may take a stab at somebody there? You know, I, I mentioned before on this podcast about paying attention to what the beat writers say, and, and the one guy that's gotten some attention and the one player who actually has some size amongst the three guys, guys that we're talking about is Divine Ozigbu, okay? So, you know, he's... He's a guy that most of us really don't know a heck of a lot about, but like I said, you hear the you hear the beat writers talking about it. He went to Nebraska. He was undrafted, um, but you know he, he did he did actually average over five yards a carry in college. He's a like I said, he's a bigger guy, so maybe a guy that would be more valuable around the goal line as opposed to a, a, an Armstead or, or or a Chris Thompson. I look at Thompson as your uh, prototypical third third down receiver, and especially reunited with Gruden. So so I'm probably most intrigued by – I'm not as enthusiastic on Armstead because he really didn't do a hell of a lot last year. I'm more intrigued on Ozigbu, who got some attention, like I said, from the beat writers, and Thompson just because he has this relationship with Jay Gruden, who is now the offensive coordinator, who he had when he was with the Redskins. So – those two guys intrigue me. Not enough to go crazy for any of them, but you know, late late round, late round, uh, or late auction, uh, you know, sneaky picks. I would say. So, what about these trio of <clears throat> running backs? They're all good. They're all good. They they may even uh, better than good. They're they're all probably I'd be considered to be very good. I mean, you know, I'm not sure elite for all three, but they're certainly top 10 to 15, all three of them. And what they have in common is they all had situations with contracts. Dalvin Cook started with Joe Mixon and now the Alvin Kamara, um, you know, drama that's going on here. And, um, you know, it seemed that Mixon was missing practices with quote unquote migraines, but uh, those seem to disappear once they gave him that new four-year extension, and uh, it appears that, Dal- that that Kamara and the Saints are pretty close, and I'm not sure how it's going to work out with the Vikings. They may do something. So when it comes to these guys, they're so good, all three of them. Uh, I know you like all three of those players. Uh, are you concerned at all? Is this, is this noise, or is this something you're, you're thinking about? Uh, I guess we could remove Mixon from the equation, but... Let's just focus on Kamara and uh, Cook. Do either of these guys lose any value in your mind for what's going on? And let me just add one other thing about Kamara. It's more than just a contract. He's still got something going on with his back. He's missed practices. He had to take an injection, I think. So where are you with, with Cook, uh, Kamara, and you could add Mixon into the mix as well? Well, I think the important thing to add Mixon into the mix because he kind of establishes a range of pay for running backs, right? So Christian McCaffrey's extension was 
$16 million a year. Joe Mixon's was $12 million a year. So you've established a range of where these guys are going are, are to fall. Um, so I, I would think just based on career accomplishments thus far, now again, Kamara has been healthier over the most of his career, not the case last year. I think Cook overall has a little bit of an injury label on him, though we only missed a couple of games last year. Um, but that 12 to 16 range has kind of been established. So where those two other guys fit in there is interesting. I- I'm not going to drop either of them. I'd say if there's a situation that I'm actually a little bit more concerned about is the Cook one seems like it. it I don't know. I, from from just the way I'm reading the tea leaves, there seems to be some potential where the player could actually sit. It doesn't seem to be as much the case with, with Kamara, but as you mentioned, a little bit of a health issue. But I'm going to probably err on the side of not saying I'm going to discount those players and still kind of treat them as as kind of the pedigree that they are uh, without a contract issue kind of looming around. So that that's what I would say to you. Yeah, I mean, I think I – think, I, I, you know, I could, I could see that point. I mean, I just, you just don't want that. I mean, you just don't want that for anybody going into a fantasy football draft with that stuff because we, we've seen how it could go in the past. It could go either way. It could go <clears throat> like it went the way with Elliot, where it went down to the wire and the Cowboys said, okay, we're going to basically meet all your demands and sign you. Or it could go the way that it happened with Melvin Gordon where the Chargers said, listen, you know, you're on the contract. We're not extending you right now we don't necessarily think you're worth that and he missed games so yeah well gordon and uh and bell was a disaster the year prior right yeah 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 no that the the bell yeah the bell one just definitely ruined some fantasy drafts for people because that year uh he was a he was probably him and Gurley. i think were the top sure two picks that year um so so yeah, I mean it, it, it's interesting. So even with all of that stuff, I know you like mixing and he signs. So that's kind of out of the way. But uh, I guess you know you're 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 not really downgrading those guys. And Kamara and Cook, two of the top five or six best running backs in football. So it's tough to downgrade them that much. But you're not concerned. It doesn't sound like yeah. It's not something that I, like usually I shy away from these situations. But it doesn't seem as contentious as the other situations that were going on. That's what I would say. Um, yeah, that's that. That's the way at least it feels at the present time. Where the other guys, it was a little bit more of a of a of a, dra- a drama around it, particularly on the, the the Bell and Gordon situations for sure. Yeah, and then. Um... You know, and then moving along from contracts to, you know, some of these injuries, man, it's so tough. It, it's really tough without seeing a lot of these guys and a lot of in some game action. And, uh, you know, it just seems like some of these guys are missing key practices. Some young guys, I mean, Mim seems like he's really missed a lot of. He's missed almost every practice, yeah. 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 Let, let me so, ask you, the draft that you did, did you do that before David Montgomery got hurt? Or was that, did you know that, was that known going in or not, not known? The Montgomery news had come out uh, a couple of days uh, okay. prior to the, to the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was, da- yeah, he was, he was downgraded uh, as far as the draft goes. I mean, I, I'm not sure where that's since that's another thing. Like these teams are not transparent this year or any year about their injuries you just you really don't know like and i I get the impression that uh, honestly with this injury with that that groin injury that he could miss two weeks and he can miss six weeks like 
it's not the type of injury that, you know, you could tough it out where they could give you an injection in your shoulder and play through it. Like, bad groin injury with a running back who has to cut and make those sudden movements, you know, you, you bring him back a little bit too early, then he, he's ready to come back, you can re-aggravate that and say bye-bye for weeks and weeks and weeks. So as far as Montgomery goes, yeah, you're just not quite sure because you're not quite transparent. These teams are not necessarily transparent on how, how, how significant the injuries are to some of these guys. So just as we're speaking here, it seems like the uh, Ian Rappaport is reporting that the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have signed Leonard Fournette. There you go. So yeah, I mean, just saying. So now, oh my god. So to my point, last week, <laughs> how about the guy that drafted Fournette and Ronald Jones? That's a <laughs> double barrel. That's like getting hit. You know, it's like you know walking home and then you know getting hit in the face. You know, with a with a, a tree branch and then you know tripping on the cement after that. I mean. It's like that's a that's a double whammy. So that's tough about drafting. There's five guys. There's five guys in Tampa Bay now. There's there's five guys. Uh, they may you may see tomorrow or the next day. Lashawn McCoy released. Maybe I don't know. I can't imagine. I, I don't. I I don't. I, I don't know. Like I I I'd be surprised if McCoy is not released and he makes the the you know. The, the roster. That's a very interesting pick. This is why I thought Tampa Bay would have made that trade in the in the before the draft, like get, trading a seventh round pick. But whatever. Now you know it's a real windfall. They didn't have to give up any draft equity, and they just signed a player for money. Did you uh, see what the deal's worth, or it's not out yet? No, not not out any details. Not out. Uh, Ooh, you like uh, you like uh, you like the Ted Koppel of fantasy football with these late. You know, the, you're on top of this stuff, huh? Here's the problem I have with Leonard. You know, I've nicknamed the guy Fat Boy Fournette, okay? The, the guy showed up to play for the first time last year. The first two years in the NFL, he really didn't do that. Um, he had that one magnificent game, um, that playoff game against the Steelers, where he just took over that game. Um, that's kind of my best memory of Leonard Fournette as a fantasy guy. I mean, he stunned me last year with 76 catches. I just, that came out of nowhere. He was not a pass catcher in college and, you know, just incredible. Yeah, he's like... You know, not not. You know, I mean, not to completely kill the guy. I mean, I, and you know that I'm not his biggest fan either. But his offensive line play has not been great. Uh, so you know that that's one thing. I you know he he has been running behind like uh, you know Art Shell and Gene Upshaw. The no, I gotta say this though. I gotta play. say this right now. You got Tom Brady who's been signed in 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 Tampa Bay. You've drafted Werfs. You've got the two, probably the prime duo of wide receivers in fantasy. You, you've got this trio of tight ends. I mean, if you're going to go any, and now you're you're Leonard Fournette, and you've got to be really pissed off right now. Um, you know, I, I I can't think of a better situation for a guy to kind of prove himself in this offense. That's for sure. So, so let, let, let's get right to Tampa Bay. I mean, is this? You know, I know you were not a, a fan of Ronald Jones to begin with. Uh, does this completely annihilate his value? As far as it completely concerned? annihilates Ronald Jones's value, in my in my opinion. And, and and more interesting, what does this do for the value in any way, shape, or form, up, down, or no change 
for the dynamic duo of Evans and Godwin, who were figured to be playing on a very finesse offensive team that didn't have the type of running backs to pound the ball, and it looked like you know they were going to be throwing it all over the place. And now they got a, a workhorse running back. So downgrade Evans and Godwin, or it's it's not, hard not changing anything in your mind as it's, far as those two players. It's very hard for me to downgrade just the players just based on their talent. Um, I think the tricky part in Tampa Bay is going to be you've got three tight ends. And, and, and when I say three, because Cameron Brait, you know, was a real red zone target. And we know the way Brady operates around in, in the red zone area. There's just going to be a lot of different mouths that you need to feed. They're even talking up the slot kid there. Uh, Scotty Miller is being talked up. Um, so there's just a lot of just mouths to feed there. So it could be very interesting Overall, we've talked about this already, but Tampa Bay wants to play a two tight end set, right? That's another situation. So, so there's going to be more. It, yeah, it's just a very interesting situation, and maybe it gives Leonard Fournette a lot of opportunities around the goal line where that was not the case for Jacksonville the year prior. And you, you were a firm believer all the way through that Godwin would be the biggest beneficiary of Brady, considering the you know types of plays. Are you still with that theory? I just feel the the, the patterns and, and where Godwin's going to be running them from. It just leans towards. I'm not to say that Brady has a terrible arm, but but the the beneficiary of them are those kind of slant patterns. Where that 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 Evans is not not that he doesn't run any, but he's not he's playing a different position, and you're just not going to see that. So I I still lean towards Godwin being a slightly better beneficiary of of Tom Brady's um, characteristics as a passer than than uh, than Evans does. Right, and, and now that the fact that they got a workhorse running him back, how does that, if anything, change the value in your mind for Brady for this year? I still think Brady's a top 10 quarterback. I just think this offense is going to be a strong offense and they're going to be tough to stop and it's going to be scoring 30 points a game. So I, I'm, not, I'm not going to withdraw that because, you know, he utilizes his backs in, backs in the passing game. And Leonard Fournette proved to us last year that he can catch the football in the backfield, so out of the backfield. So, Leonard uh, Fournette, let's just talk about him for a second. Uh, for fantasy value this year, it, you say it destroys the value of Ronald Jones, but is now of this a win? If you drafted Leonard Fournette thinking he was on the Jags, basically the lion's share, are you happy? Are you okay? Are you upset with this signing? Um, so, I, I, I guess... I guess initially it's going to be tricky because he's going to, got to learn a playbook. So the first couple of weeks could be tricky, and, and that remains to be seen. If Ronald Jones plays lights out in the first couple of weeks, you know, does this kind of keep a lid on Leonard Fournette? I, I, you know, yes, yes, I would think that would be the case. So it's a very, very interesting place for him to land. He's not going to play right away. That's, that, would be my, that would be my best guess. Um, but, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a complicated situation. I, you know, probably a backfield situation that I would personally avoid, at least to start. Fair enough, fair enough. And, uh, you know, uh, we're you know, down to a few days here before we're going to sit down for several drafts, each of us. Uh, have you, are you honing in? Are you doing your final sculpturing? You know, weeding out, uh, making decisions about, uh, you know, some players, um, you know, is that will that be done even as it gets closer to the weekend? Where, where are you in terms of your 
preparation and mindset going into these drafts right now? So I would say I'm at the point now where I know the players that I want pretty clearly and the players that I don't want pretty clearly. What I now I'm trying to formulate a little bit more is kind of looking at the playoff schedule, some of those matchups to see where players are going to be in terms of are they playing in cold weather. You know, for example, if, 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 I, if I've got a normally a California receiver who's going to be spending a couple of weeks um, in week 14, 15, and 16 in the Northeast playing a couple of games, that may lean me away from that. So I'm going to, play, I'm going to kind of hone in on the schedule. I know the players I like. And players I dislike, I want to focus a little bit more on the schedule as we lead into these drafts, and that could be a differentiating factor for me in terms of who I would take. Excellent. So we'll, we'll definitely uh, get into some more specifics as it gets closer to the weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll go over some of these positions. Anything uh, you want to add, or is that a, kind of a wrap for us tonight? No, I'd say, I'd say the other thing is um, – you know, there's a, there's a few situations that I'm extremely intrigued by. Some things are clearing up, right? Dwayne Haskins got named the starting quarterback in, in, in Washington. We got some good news in San Francisco finally after a, a bevy of bad news. You know, Kittle's back practicing, and it sounds like, much to my delight, that Debo Samuel's actually going to probably start the season on the active list. At least that's the way it's looking right now. So, you know, I'm paying attention to some of the news that's kind of out here. I'm still kind of wondering what's going to, you know, sh- the Chicago quarterback situation. How's that going to shake out? Because that actually does mean a lot for, you know, Allen Robinson surprised the heck out of us last year in terms of his his production. We've talked about Anthony Miller. So so I'm intrigued by both of those players. And so I definitely want to know who's going to be throwing them the ball. I think I think another thing, too, which is I, 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 I think this is a fascinating situation, what's going on is the Raiders. And I think we're going to see a very young wide receiver core. The, 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 the most veteran me- member of that group was Tyrell Williams. He's out for the season now. I'm not a believer in Aguilar or Zay Jones. And I'm just trying to parse what's going to happen between Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards there. I think it's a very interesting situation. Obviously, Waller is there as well. You know, Gruden has has Carr and Mariota to work with. So I'm, I'm kind of just intrigued by how situations are developing at the moment. Same situation um, in Denver right now, right? Looks like uh, a guy that we, you know, we've talked about him a little bit, K.J. Hamler. Looks like he's going to start the season not active. So, you know, what does yeah. that mean for the Denver situation? You know, I... I, you know, the, you know Jerry Judy's position. You know, I, I, could he could he potentially be the number one receiver there? So just I'm just kind of watching a lot of different situations. The details are coming out. Uh, you know, we talked about this a little bit. The cuts are going to be made. We think are going to be made sometime Saturday between I don't know twelve noon and six p.m. Right. Um, so we'll really get to see. We'll, we'll be drafting, um, which it was always adds to the fun of it. But I thought one, one thing you touched on with the Raiders receivers is you know you, you have to pay attention to details. And if the people that are listening to this, go look at the last couple of box scores at the end of the yeah, last year of Hunter Renfro. And I'm just wondering if something really clicked between Carr and Renfro, and that carries over to this season. I'm always interested in what happens at the tail end of the season, carrying over momentum-wise in a good way or something in a bad way where maybe some players aren't playing hard. But, man, it looked like that Carl Renfro connection 
was on the money, and he's a winner. He's a a good slot player. He understands how to get open, and uh, he could be somebody very, very interesting. Uh, So for people listening out there, go check out the last couple of box scores of the Raiders last year and uh, see how Hunter Renfro really, really was coming on at the end. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's some other situations that we saw that uh, Terod Taylor w- was named the quarterback in, 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 in the, for the Chargers. Uh, if you've been watching Hard Knocks, I think, you know, Anthony Lynn really likes the player. So does Keenan Allen, by the way. So, I don't know, maybe Keenan Allen is being just too undervalued. Let's see Let's see what can happen there. But he's, he's said a lot of good hey, things. Look, I'm, you know, I like Tyrod Taylor. He, he looks like he's a leader. I mean, I like him, you know, but – yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what will happen on third and nine when he starts throwing the ball four yards underneath and, and, you know, they don't get any first downs, which, you know, seems to happen to him wherever he goes. His yards per attempt is is really, really low. So we'll have to see how, how it goes. But he's got some good qualities, and I think he'll be a good mentor, if you will, for uh, uh, Herbert, as will Fitzpatrick will be for Tua. So yeah. I think those are pretty good landing spots for the guys in uh, – and we'll and we'll see how that goes. By but the way, that was a, be... speaking of the Chargers. That was a big injury. Derwin James again, uh, you know, going down. Oh, man. Just a bad injury. Uh, do you think Earl Thomas could be signed? You know, by the Chargers because he's they, you know it's very interesting. There's a few malcontents that are out there that have not been signed. Uh, just just kind of yeah. challenging guys. You know, Javon, yeah, J- I'm Judavia. not sure about that. Maybe Earl Thomas of ten years ago, but. Um, I'm not sure if he's worth the effort. And, uh, man, with Harrison James, that was some formidable secondary charges had going there. But uh, if you're a lucky Pat Mahomes owner like I am, you know, it never hurts to see an opposing division secondary guy, uh, especially an all-pro player, uh, you know, know, be be shorthanded. So um, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, so just just these – Like you said, that's a – that's a tough one. He's a, a tough one. player. And these little things are happening, and they're happening on offensive lines too. You know, I'm a little bit concerned when I'm when I'm looking at you know with the Eagles' offensive line. There seems to be a body dropping every time. You know, J- Jason Peters is going to end up playing left tackle after all. Just just remarkable stuff. So again, oh. you got to pay attention to these little nuggets that are coming out because it does make an impact uh, uh, for the fantasy landscape. Yeah, but and, and not only is their offensive line seem to be in shambles, but no one's quite sure about the injury to Miles Sanders either. No, I mean, I yeah. no one is quite sure. You know, uh, you know, he'll be ready for Week One. Some of these guys, you know, you're not sure. Henderson of the Rams. It seems, uh, you know, uh, so some of these, uh, some of these players. And it looks like there's some of the information I see and hear I'm dubious about. So try and think about what makes sense and what's logical and then use your own judgment because some of this stuff is, is, is difficult to parse through exactly what is truth and what is exaggeration. It looks like uh, Bill Belichick struck out again with another receiver. It looks like um, Mohamed Sanu has been released by the New England Patriots. So, you know, that's just, you know... Again, you know, a play. Steph, Steph. You kept them like seven years in a row. <laughs> All right, so so that's a wrap. We're gonna try to do uh, you know one or two more you know before the weekend. Uh, we may try to sneak in a mock draft, but uh, you know, Wiz, another fun session. Lots going on. Pay attention, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Sign up, Guru and Wiz at gmail.com. and I'll wish you uh, a good evening and. Uh, Enjoy, uh, if you do a mock draft tonight, enjoy that later. 
Yeah, you do the same. Yep. All right. See you later. Bye. Take care. Yep.